Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, February 6th. On this date in 1952, Britain's King George VI died at age 56. His 25-year-old elder daughter succeeded him, becoming Queen Elizabeth II. On this date just two years ago, Queen Elizabeth celebrated her 70th anniversary to the throne. She would die at age 96, just seven months later. For your morning y'all trivia question, on this date in 2013, Hasbro announced the people had spoken after an online vote the familiar Iron Token in its Monopoly board game was being replaced. But what token replaced the iron? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's get a look at your first alert weather forecast. And good Tuesday morning to you. A little chilly as you head out the door. Got the coats first thing. Temperatures in the 30s and 40s and a bit breezy out there as well. Will be a breezy day ahead, but a return to sunshine. A few clouds along the coast this morning. They'll clear out. Lots of sunshine this afternoon. High temperatures today in the upper 50s. With that wind still around, it'll feel a little bit cooler than that. Tomorrow 56, but notice tomorrow morning and Thursday morning, we start out with temperatures near freezing. So some cold starts over the upcoming days, but a warm up again. 62 on Thursday, then we're up in the 70s Friday through the weekend. There will be the next chance of rain arriving Sunday into Monday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the Low Country's news leader, Life 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. Right now, a new affordable housing project on Johns Island is sparking debate after Charleston's Design Review Board granted preliminary approval for the development. Some folks in the area continue to express concerns about the project's impact on the community. Our Destiny Kennedy has more details on the board's decision. Despite pushback from some community members, the Design Review Board granted preliminary approval for the project at yesterday's meeting. Residents gathered to voice their concerns over a proposed housing development on Johns Island. The 12-acre site was purchased by the city of Charleston around two years ago to address the pressing need for affordable housing solutions. The Grove at Johns Island will be a three-building housing community consisting of 90 units on River Road at the section of the future Bernice Robinson Road. Residents like Robin Mitchell are questioning the need for further development on Johns Island, expressing concerns about the strain on infrastructure and the preservation of natural habitats. We're just going to regroup and and like I had said earlier, we just want transparency and we want it to all work and flow for all of us. And, uh, you know, Johns Island is, is a community full of history. And we really would love to see, um, you know, the trees preserved for next generations. It was stated during the meeting that developers did conduct a tree survey and traffic study. Reporting in Charleston, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. Dorchester County Council has approved a development impact fee study, the first step in implementing a new build fee to benefit local schools. Impact fees are additional costs that new homeowners would pay as they move into new neighborhood developments. That money then goes to the Dorchester School District 2 to help accommodate additional students that are moving into the district. Last night, county council members unanimously voted to proceed with the study to get a personalized impact fee plan for Dorchester County, saying it's all about the kids. The whole thing about it is, is we want to do whatever we can to help the school district give a better facility and a better opportunity for the kids. 
The study will project population numbers for the next few years and determine the potential total of the fees. Council members hope to see the results of the study within eight months. After years of construction, the Patriots Point Gateway Improvement Project is expected to wrap up later this year. The almost $10 million project began in February of 2022, but was delayed after a telecommunications relocation. The project aims to reduce traffic in a highly congested area of the town by adding turn lanes to McGrath-Darby Boulevard and dual left turn lanes from Coleman Boulevard onto Patriots Point Road. Sidewalks, multi-use paths, and bus stops are also being added. Officials tell us the project will likely be completed in the next six months. If you live in the city of Charleston, leaders need your input to help shape the city's peninsula plan. This project will act as a roadmap for the development of Charleston's peninsula in the next 10 to 20 years. Our Autumn Klein joins us live from downtown Charleston right now. And Autumn tells us more about the project and what community members will learn at tonight's meeting. Good morning. Good morning, Shelby and Katie. This project is called the Charleston Peninsula, Our Community, Our Future, Our Plan. There are different focus areas of this project, and they were all created in response to what city leaders heard from community members. Those areas include water first, peninsula mobility, neighborhood design, and economic development. According to its website, the main goal of this project is to build on the city's unique strengths, address challenges, and foster a shared vision for the future. At tonight's public forum, you'll also hear updates on the establishment of a new Peninsula Waterfront Redevelopment District, plus updates on future plans for the Union Pier and other waterfront properties. Now the meeting starts at 6 p.m. tonight here at the International Longshore Men's Association on Morrison Drive. The meeting is anticipated to last about two hours and there will be refreshments. Everyone is welcome to attend. Live in Charleston, Autumn Klein, Live 5 News. We are learning some more about the state law enforcement division's investigation into a recent officer-involved shooting. It all happened 4 p.m. Sunday on Kent Avenue as North Charleston police officers interacted with several people outside of a vacant home. Now, SLED officials tell us shortly after there was a foot chase between officers and an unidentified man, and that's when an officer fired their gun. That's about the extent of those details that we've got, though. That suspect has not been located, and there's no evidence that anyone was hurt, we're told. Again, it is unclear what led up to that foot chase and that shooting. SLED did find a handgun nearby, but did not confirm whether it was connected to that incident. The Berkeley County Sheriff's Office is creating a new public safety unit to keep you protected as the county continues to grow. The sheriff's office says the new unit will help deputies manage the county's growth by allowing them to stay available for more serious incidents. To accomplish that, they say the unit will focus specifically on traffic control, hazards, and related incidents. Seven days a week, public safety officers will patrol the roads to help drivers and reduce traffic incidents. Each officer will also be a trained emergency medical technician so they can provide first aid until EMS arrives. A Somerville company will have to pay up following the death of one of its workers. An Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, investigation found that an employee at L&J Framing was doing framing work on the third floor of a building when they walked to a guardrail that gave way. That worker died after falling 20 feet and being impaled by a metal bracket. OSHA records show the company was originally fined $2,800 but reached an informal settlement of just under $1,700. Well, we're following some sad news breaking this morning from our first alert desk. We're learning the country music star Toby Keith has died. 
A post on his official website says that he died last night surrounded by his family. The 62-year-old opened up about his fight with stomach cancer in 2022. Now, the post says that he fought his fight with grace and courage. Keith was known for his hit songs like Should Have Been a Cowboy, How Do You Like Me Now, Beer for My Horses, and Red Solo Cup, among many, many others. Over his 30-year career, he won numerous awards and was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2015. Keith leaves behind three children and a number of grandchildren. Katie. Thanks, Nick. Definitely some sad news. Well, state health leaders are warning you to be aware of an increased use of xylazine or horse tranquilizers in opioid use. Also known as Trank, xylazine is not new, but a growing number of related overdoses is sparking concern. The State Department of Health and Environmental Control reported 100 related overdose deaths last year and 177 in 2022. Because of this, state lawmakers are debating whether to ban the substance and enforce criminal penalties, including prison time and fines. If you're worried about xylazine, the nonprofit Wake Up Carolina provides test strips as well as access to recovery counseling. Today, state health officials are offering some free testing for HIV and other sexually transmitted infections as part of National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day. While the actual Awareness Day is tomorrow, health officials say it highlights progress in HIV prevention among African Americans, the group affected by the virus more than any other. The State Department of Health and Environmental Control is offering free testing today, a day early today, and you can schedule an appointment by calling the number listed right there on your screen, one 472 3432 You can also click the link in the BidGred box on Live5News.com. Researchers have made a new discovery about how HIV attacks human cells. Scientists at Duke University recorded an ultra-fast movement by the virus that begins the infection. The structure snaps open and shut on the human T-cell in just a few millionths of a second. Officials say the finding could help researchers discover how to attach an antibody to that structure and ultimately prevent the virus from opening and allowing the infection to take place. A study reveals South Carolina is among the worst states to find virtual mental health treatment. Research published in the JAMA Health Journal found the number of mental health clinics with a telehealth option depends more on where you live and less about ethnicity or health condition. Researchers say the data shows southern states are less likely to provide virtual services than states in the Northeast, Midwest, and West. Nationally, 8 in 10 facilities offer telehealth, but less than half do in Mississippi and here in South Carolina. The person who submitted hundreds of book complaints in Dorchester School District 2 says that she's worried about how those books got on the shelves in the first place. Last week, DD2 said only 170 of the 673 books that were brought to staff attention are actually in their school libraries. But Nancy Warner, who sent the original complaint, says there are 155 books containing pornographic and inappropriate content. Because Warner is not a district parent, media specialists are reviewing those books rather than a formal committee. You can find the list of challenged books in this web story on live5news.com. The Charleston County School Board voted to remove a restriction on what its superintendent can and can't do. Last month, the school board offered interim superintendent Anita Huggins the permanent role, which she says she plans to accept. Last night, the school board discussed her contract negotiations, which involves a rule put in place last year that prevents a superintendent from hiring, firing, 
or changing administrative positions without board approval. School board members decided to remove that rule and give that authority back to the superintendent. Today, South Carolina's highest court will hear arguments surrounding did the the death penalty. Four death row inmates filed a lawsuit arguing the recently added options of death by electrocution and firing squad are, quote, cruel and unusual punishment. South Carolina has not carried out an execution since 2011 after the state's supply of lethal injection drugs expired and companies refused to sell more. That's despite Governor Henry McMaster signing a law back in May that hides the identities of the deadly drug suppliers. Our state house reporter Mary Green will bring you more this evening following those arguments. A South Carolina woman who says she couldn't get an abortion in her home state is challenging the state's fetal heartbeat law. Taylor Shelton is suing the state, arguing the law put her in danger. She says she got pregnant despite having an IUD, but says she couldn't get an appointment with one of South Carolina's abortion providers before her pregnancy would have progressed to six weeks. Shelton says she had to travel multiple times to North Carolina for the procedure, despite still being two weeks under the deadline to have an abortion in South Carolina. Planned Parenthood is backing her up, arguing no one should have to jump through hoops for access to basic medical care. At the beginning of the show, I told you that on this date in 2013, Hasbro announced a new game piece would replace the iron token in Monopoly after an online vote. Remember what game piece replaced the iron? Animal lovers rejoiced because the new token was a cat. Celebrating birthdays today, actress Mamie Van Doren is 93. Actor-director Robert Townsend is 67. Singer Axl Rose is 62. And singer Rick Astley turns 58. And that's no Rickroll. Well, I hope y'all have a great Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.